I don't know, man. I just I don't know. I just see a lot. Of, I see a lot of how it how it all started is. You know, it's good. Nah, I like to hear the, the feedback. Fuck your feedback. I like to hear that shit. Nah, but I think this is good for the live air. Cause yeah, now I'm just like, cause are, now. Are we, live are we are we live right now? You started? Yeah. You know, so we I, always, I would start like me. So I can pull up the intro. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know he was live. All right, welcome to the If You Know You Know podcast <laughs> with your first host. Go ahead, speak your name, gangster. <laughs> you got that energy. It's <laughs> your boy Rashad, and you're, wait, you the big homie, right? Yeah, I'm the big homie. I'm the big homie. I'm the big homie. Today we got a special guest. My boy John is in the building. Yo, you know, repping real niggas that are all around the world. All around the world, man. We all John, from Long Island. We not we not from around the world. <laughs> we from right here. From this little school. From this very little. <laughs> but we've been around. The, but we've been around the world. That's true. No. So no. Continue the conversation of how we of, of your your you know cabinet gate. It's not cabinet gate. I want him to get his job. I was rooting for him from the beginning, and I'm still rooting for him now. Mm. But I just feel like he got to be real calculated with every move he makes because they're just looking for excuses to give him the boot, and it's like. Like damn, bro! Don't 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 let don't give them the whole. See, he's being da 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 da. See, like they they looking for the C. You know when people be doing shit and they be like, go ahead, do it, fuck up, so I can say, see, I told you so. Like they looking for the C. Don't give them the C. If that's true, if what I said is true that he couldn't get the footage out the way he needed it out unless his people was there, so he had to change venues. All right, but he got to say that. Like, well, like I, he's been very vocal, and then he signed that deal a couple uh, year or whatever amount of time ago with the NFL. The, what the collusion lawsuit? Yeah, he, he signed. Who I think. Who I think no, but he also signed with the NFL and got paid for some shit. And he never specifically told us the details of what he agreed to and what he signed. I don't know if there was an NDA involved. I don't know what he. I don't know if he said I'm not allowed to do this, but I'm allowed to do that. But we deserve to know. Like we've known everything. We've been emotionally and mentally invested in this whole shit. And he's vocal, but not vocal yeah, about the details but, of what they signed go, on that. But it goes back into that. the art of negotiation. You can't make a deal under duress. And like if I'm if I tell you you got two hours to make a decision on this. And you want it like you're backed into a corner and you can't you want to. There make, was no negotiation. There was no negotiation. They said he said two hours. He said, can we get some more time? They said no. And then he signed what's up. And then he said, OK, I'll do it. But, and, and then he, he said, can we move it to a different day? Because on Saturday, every all the teams are getting ready for their game on Sunday. So oh, you're, we, to, oh, you're, no, you're talking about this. OK, OK. Yeah, you're talking, yeah. I was talking about something in the past. When he signed, when he, um, you know what I'm talking about. When he signed the deal, we got a couple of M's. He got like seven to ten mil. That was with Nike. That wasn't with the NFL. No, no he, he did sign the, the, the collusion. The it was a, well, yeah, there was a collusion lawsuit. Yeah. yeah, I want to know the details of what he signed and what he agreed to. I'm sure to. the NFL didn't want him to they disclose yeah. all that. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. But, but there's, there's stuff in I mean, there. I mean, that's not his fault. No, it's not his fault. But yeah. there's stuff in there that's like... Now nah, we need to know what that was really about because your whole stance, your whole stance, and you riled the whole community up to be anti this or against this because of what you were standing for. They went against you, so now we all on your side. We kind of need to know what, like, we don't know what was going on in that. That's important. The NFL don't want us to know because then uh, other players would have their own lawsuits against them, and that that wouldn't be good for for them either. Then technically, according to Cap's stance, he shouldn't have signed it then. He didn't. That's why he, did. he didn't sign the waiver. They had like a liability waiver in case he got hurt. And they said he did. It was like a, like basically absolving them of all injuries. Like, oh, oh, if he got hurt, he wouldn't be able to sue them or not sue them, but just like a standard waiver that everybody does at, pro, at, at a pro day. So they were trying to do shit. It was like a PR stunt. That's what it was. And then you talking about you talking about what just but the NFL, on, yeah on Sunday yeah or it Saturday was a, it was a it was a PR stunt they yeah. tried to back him in a corner and if he refused to anything they would say they would have oh look see see he's not he's not um trying to be cooperative yeah and it makes him look bad but it made them look worse when they're like nah we'll just open it up to everybody we'll move it to a uh you know open venue and now everybody can see uh how I'm performing yeah but I don't know I think we'll guess I guess time will reveal what's what but. Shit looks kind of weird. Looks a little weird. <laughs> no, we'll figure it out. So, well, I got I got a question for y'all. What's up? Y'all listen to yourselves on the podcast, yeah. like afterwards. Yeah. Th- does it suck? Like, do you just cringe hearing your voice? Because I um, I can't stand hearing my own voice. Yo, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I can't stand hearing my own voice too. It sounds weird in your ear hearing yourself. Yeah. But after a few episodes, like you just get used to it. Now you just like it. Kind of like when I listen to when I re-listen to myself, I feel like I'm not even listening to me. I'm just listening to, to somebody who's. Like sounds like me and talks you know like I mean? you. Yeah, and like I be like sometimes when I listen, I laugh and I I really like interpret what was said. And sometimes I go back and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Like, that. <laughs> no, I don't even believe that. Why did I say that? Like, you go back and I feel like you're listening to a different person. Yeah, but you get used to hearing your voice. But at first, it's a little like 
Because you know when you record yourself and you hear yourself speaking, like, nah. Yeah, I'm probably not going to listen to this. I'm not going to yeah. lie to y'all. Nah, nah, I'm going to have someone else listen and let me know how I did. Nah, you should you probably listen. Will. <laughs> you probably will. You can fuck around and get a lot of followers, and then you might do a little spinoff with your own podcast. Nah, yeah. nah. Welcome to the Giant Show. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, give us a little bit of your background. Like, uh, obviously, you're here because you have a lot of good points to bring and to educate people. You know, you, you very, you're a very educated young brother. So... Tell us some of your like corporate background, how you got there, what you studied in school, and like what were some of your goals when you came out? Yeah, so I started at St. John's. Mm-hmm. I got a master's degree in accounting, and then I, re- I went right to uh, public accounting at Ernst & Young, mm-hmm. where I'm now a uh, second-year senior. So I do uh, financial statement audits, and sounds sounds really cool, but <laughs> it's actually not that much fun. Um like what do you? What's a day in the yeah. life of a senior auditor? Like, um, what is it? What so is it, that like? it depends on the day. Uh, when you know when you start off and you're when you're a staff, you uh, you get all the all the grunt work. You know all the manual like you know taking and tying and adding shit up, and then you know the higher you become, the more responsibility you get. Mm-hmm. So as a senior, it it sucks the most because you got the people below you that you got to train, the people above you that want shit from you, and then the client who. You, to them, you you are the face. You, you're the one that's there every day, so they're always asking you, you know, what the status is, where things are, what what do we need to finish, what do they have to do to you know to get us there. So it's just it's a uh, it's handling a lot of things all at once. Plus, you still have to get your own work done, the stuff that you're responsible for. So, like when the clients do, the clients hire you to audit them themselves, or like how does it work in in terms of like why they would hire you to audit them? So. It's required for public companies that they have to get um, audited by one of the big four mm-hmm. accounting firms. So that's EY, PwC, KPMG, and Deloitte. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for um, for smaller companies that that are not public, they need it for for different reasons. Whether it's because they have a loan with a bank and the bank wants to prove that the bank wants them to prove that they can pay back the loan. Or they have other investors, and part of the invest, investment agreement is that they do have to get their financial statements audited. Uh, so it, it could be a, a number of factors. I have one client that they just want like their their books audited. They don't have any specific reason for it. Is it like to where they would catch people like embezzling money, or <laughs> um, or like so? I'm pretty sure money laundering is something that's really big right now, and 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 monitoring how the money is moving because of money laundering. Am I right or no? Yeah, different yes and no. I mean, so that that's more of the the fraud investigation, which we we could bring in if we see uh, some st- some changes going down. But uh, our our point is really just uh, the the main reason is for the uh, investors. So if they just want to see, um, you know, what their investment is going to, and oh, that uh, makes sense. Companies have to disclose certain things. They're making sure their money's gonna be good. In yeah. The long run. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. So they can see is this a good investment or not? Mm. <clears throat> like, what's some like crazy stories that you have in terms of like of finding stuff in the audit uh, that you can speak about, of course. Yeah. So I think it was two years ago. Uh, I was going to DC a lot and I was doing audit of the department of defense mm-hmm. and that was, that was a crazy audit for a lot of reasons. But one, um, I, uh, we would do um, like expense testing. So you just, you, you know, you, you figure out, which items you want to test, you get the invoice, you see the payment, like you see it was approved, someone said it was cool, whatever money went out. Um, I would always find issues uh, with their, their pro- like they said that this is their process and I would test it to make sure that it matched their process. And I'd be like, all right, well, this one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. This one works, whatever. Never really thought anything of it. I was just told my senior manager, I was like, hey, these are all the things that I found. These are all the things that worked, didn't work. And he'd just be like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll like escalate it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually, I didn't end up finishing that audit. I, uh, I had to come back cause I was the first accountant in history to have a work injury, but. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so, um, I went back. <laughs> wait, wait, and. Where'd you go back? What was your work injury? All right. So <laughs> same audit. I'm, uh, I'm doing an inventory count, um, at one of the largest, uh, like warehouses that the department of defense owns in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a three day inventory count. So 10 hours a day 
for three days, you just go and you, you count like screws and boots and, and just random ass shit to make sure that their inventory is stated correctly. Mm-hmm. And they had this old lady who was doing the, all the counting. <clears throat> so she was lifting all the boxes and moving it around and, and, you know, displaying them so that she could count them. And then we can make sure that she's counting it correctly. And I felt, I felt bad for her. I was trying to help her out because this old, like 60 year old lady lifting all these boxes and shit. So, uh, so we get like an assembly line going. She hands me a box. I put it, uh, I handed someone else and then they put it on the, on the stack. Mm-hmm. And as we get to the very last box, she hands me one and I, uh, I move my hand and there was another box there with like a, you know, the plastic strap that when you get a, when you get a package, it keeps the top, like the lid sealed, uh, sealed yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah. So when that is pulled, it's really sharp. So I moved my hand and I slid it across that strap and it cut my finger and it tore through the tendon and I had to get it surgically repaired. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was kind of nuts. It was yeah, just yeah. blood everywhere. <laughs> Uh, it was like it was a military database uh warehouse so um there was mad like ex-military people there so the dude sees it and he just like whips out a pocket knife and then like starts cutting some thread and fabric and shit i think you say about the seven of your finger (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna put it on ice and then he wraps it up uh with like some macgyver type shit and then we go to the uh the urgent care center this is the fucking middle of nowhere pennsylvania and uh we get there and I walk in, and the lady goes, "We got a bleeder out here." <laughs> Puts me right in the back, and then they like give me stitches, and I have to drive home that day, and then X-rays and whatever, and then yeah, it's, yeah. it's severed, so I had to get it. Now we try and, to tell him like the milk, the injury, because like he he has because you have unlimited PTO, right? No. Oh wait, well, no, what I, I had uh, I was on leave, I was injury leave, um, but it was only for two weeks. It, yeah. You just so bored being at home all day, yeah, like with, you can't move your hand. Like it, there's probably was, like damn, we never had to use this before. <laughs> pulling out, yeah. pulling out the files, they don't even know how to process your leave. So I talked probably, to my HR person like last week, and she was like, I, I, I remember where I was when I saw your email. She's like, this is the first time that I've ever seen anything like. She's like, I seen some crazy shit come across my desk, but this <laughs> yeah. is by far one of the most random. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny as hell. So like, you were testing the expenses. Yeah. And then so yeah. I was talking to the senior manager. I sent him all the lists of ones that worked and didn't work. And he just said, OK, like he never really got back to me. So I went home because um, of the injury. Uh, then a couple months later, I'm just, uh, I'm you know, doing my work. And I see an article come across mm-hmm. and it's about the audit of the Department of Defense. And it's like a published article, like on the New York Times or whatever. And oh. Oh. essentially, oh, uh, yeah, New York Times. <laughs> um <laughs> Essentially, there was there was like massive fraud in the government because with expenses, basically they were saying that they were paying for things in order to keep their budgets and whatever like the difference was, they weren't returning that those funds. They were putting it aside for secret projects uh, that stuff that they didn't have to disclose. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that I found that wasn't working, it was like canceled uh, invoices but were still paid and like random things like that that was just going to a separate fund and there were like black ops projects that they were using based on that money and then if they prove that they use that money then they would keep getting it the next year instead of uh instead of the government saying hey you didn't use that money last year so we're going to cut your budget because you don't need it this year yeah so so then like after that was published, like, did you walk around, like, looking over your shoulder for, like, a couple weeks? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, man, that was all in D.C. I came back to New York. I was hiding. <laughs> like, this is a motherfucker. <laughs> no, I didn't, sign, I didn't sign nothing. <laughs> nah, that's funny as fuck. So, like, what are some of, the, like, the common misconceptions that people have about, like, an accountant? Being that, like, it is very split between audit and tax. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the big thing. I'm not a tax accountant. I, I can't do your taxes. I won't help you with your taxes. Don't ask me about taxes. <laughs> I don't know shit about taxes. That's what people always assume. Yeah, they say you're a, you're an accountant. You, can you help me with that? And yeah. No, I can't. Like that's the only direction. That's like that's the only thing you could do as an accountant. Like yeah. Um. So that's definitely not me. Uh. I don't know other common misconceptions. Um. People think I'm boring. They assume that uh I'm a nerd or uh, I'm a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess I am a numbers guy, but I'm not a nerd. Uh, 
What does being an accountant consist of? Like, what kind of like, like, what are some day to day things you're doing, and like, how can people, I guess, who may be interested in and in going into the field, or they're not, they're not, they're not interested. They're not interested. <laughs> oh, all right. So it's like that. It's like you're really just doing some shit. That's like a special skill that you may have. And, and um, well, so there there is actually like a shortage. Uh, there are not as many people being recruited out of college, or people who are being recruited out of college aren't making the choice to become well at least not in public accounting um there's still people who decide to go right into private industry and, and work for corporations for or the money whatever. um yeah yeah it's public accounting doesn't doesn't really pay you well but they do teach you a lot i will i will say that um i didn't really know shit about accounting when i when i left school I, you know i i knew enough to pass all the tests but when you got into when you got into the field i really didn't know that much what i was what i was doing um, but then within the first year or two, I, I definitely learned a lot more than I did at, at my time at school. Do you feel like like when it comes to you um, going into fields and because and, uh, there's a lot of people right now, like, you know, the unemployment rate is very low. So there should be a lot of people getting jobs and getting opportunities. But obviously, there's still a lot of people who are struggling to kind of um, go into different fields and find something that they want to do. What kind of like somebody who's as decorated as you are, what kind of, I guess, um, things could you say help you move around the way you need to move around if you want to go into a different field or when you left and you didn't have accounting experience, did you learn on the job? Like what was it that kind of like gave you that push to go into that direction? Yeah, it was definitely learning on the job. It, it was about uh, relationships with people. Um, <clears throat> when I, when I first started, uh, since I didn't know that much, uh, I became friends with people that did know uh, a lot. I had one of my friends who started he was the same same year as me. Um, we both started at the same client at the same time, and he was he was the numbers guy. He he knew he knew all about accounting. He he like had his CPA passed already. He had his license. He he you know he knew what he was doing. Um, but he wasn't very social. He wasn't he wasn't the kind of person that can go to the client and be like, hey, you know, I really need this. Could you help me out or? whatever and i was the opposite i was the person i'll go instead of emailing or or or, you know calling the client i'll just go up and talk to them Mm -hmm. so i built a good relationship with them and i built a good relationship with him so he was able to help me uh when i didn't understand things instead of asking my my supervisor or my manager dumb questions i could just ask him (laughs) and he would hold me down and then if he needed something from the client um you know he'd be whatever too shy or or they would say yeah yeah i got you and then not get back to him for another week. He would just ask me and I could go get it within an hour, you know? So <clears throat> cool. Cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. What's the next step for you? Like what's the next move? What's the next thing? What's the next chapter for you? What are you looking for next? So I guess there's, there's three options. Um, I could go, uh, I could stay at EY. I could become a, a manager, or whatever partner eventually. Um, I could leave EY do uh, accounting somewhere and uh, go more corporate Climb the ladder, eventually CFO, CEO, whatever. Now, why do most accountants like leave EY? Um, or any big four. So there's there's a there's a couple reasons. It gets to there, there's only so many partners that uh, an accounting firm will take, right? So maybe specifically where, where I work in the in the real estate industry, there was one new partner two years ago and before that there were wasn't for like you know four or five years so so once you kind of realize that you won't be making partner because not everyone does then you kind of exit wherever you feel like is a good place for you to exit um there's people who the job the job is rough the you know there's busy season and uh you know you can't you're constantly on different clients and and you're just you're working ton of hours and you don't really get paid that much You, you know you get paid average salary for uh someone that position but you don't make a lot of money considering the amount of time that you put in Mm -hmm. so people will leave to to make more money work less hours better work-life balance um what what is like the average salary for someone in that in that range as far as experience and then also the hours that you will be working so when you are when you start off as a staff one you're probably making about 60 grand Mm -hmm. And then the give or take a couple, you know, a thousand, depending on the firm. And then the, what they try to tell you is that you'll be, you'll be doubling your salary every five years. So in theory, by the time you make manager, you'll be at, you know, around 120,000. Mm-hmm. And then five years from there, you're senior manager or whatever, and you're making mm-hmm. two. Uh, yeah. yeah. But 
you know, that's that's what they say. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that high, so I don't know if that's, if that's true. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what, what was the other thing? So, like, your salary compared to the hours. Oh yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do that that number because you're you're probably making about you know eight nine dollars an hour. Uh, so when you're in busy season, it's a mandatory minimum of fifty five hours a week. They expect you to be there at least. 55 hours and and it almost is never just 55 hours you work in you know 70 75 and i did work i did 80 hours a couple times mm-hmm. um you, you're, you're working a lot um and then they, they tell you that after your busy season you, you know you're back to a normal 40 hours a week but that's uh that's in case you don't get put on another client that's also in busy season so you could end up with two three busy seasons a year and you're working 60 65 hours a week for you know 40 weeks yeah, you have your three weeks vacation, and then the last few weeks you're uh, you're working forty hours. So it could get it could get spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're working, you could work a lot of hours, and and you know not have time to spend any of the money that you have. But do you prefer this overworking at Best Buy? Um. So I, yeah, yeah, I make more money than now than I did. At <laughs> Best Buy. I was about that, to say, well, true, what yeah. did you do at Best Buy? No, he was a yeah. plug at Best Buy. I was a I was a salesperson. Damn, but <laughs> you were the plug. So what I what I did what I did like um, about or maybe, maybe the way it's structured now is that the amount of you know hours and the sales you put in is is directly you know it's commission based. So that's that's the amount of money that you're you're making. You can quantify you know the the work that you do mm. to how much money you're getting. So if I decide I only want to work forty hours a week and I'm going to get my whatever base salary, I can do that. But if I want to put in a lot of work and work 60 hours i get my overtime and i also get whatever commissions that i make from those extra sales like took them out where at best buy yeah yeah so that that's cool right like you feel like i I did something i i went above and beyond and i was compensated accordingly Mm -hmm. where uh in in public accounting if you work 40 hours or if you work 90 hours you get your salary that's it you know I'm someone who's pretty involved. I do, you know, recruiting events. Um, I'm involved with a lot of other other clients. I help them with with different things. Uh, you know, the people that the partner and the senior manager that I work for, they know that it, you know if they have another team that has questions on something that I've done. I'm just I'm always talking to people. I'm always involved. I, I have peer advisees and um, counselees and and just doing a lot of things. And and I still get paid the same amount as the other people who don't do any of that stuff yeah. who just go to work and go home. So yeah. that's the frustrating part about it. Um, it's just their, their, their point is when you make it to partner level, you'll make a lot of money. So you just got to grind and, and kind of eat shit until you get up there. Mm-hmm. But I tell you partners, uh, pensions, $400,000 a year. Oh, word. that's a lot of fucking money. You could go, you could go your entire life and fucking up financially and then once you retire it's a mandatory retirement at 60 you Wait, start making 400 it's, so it's a it's a mandatory 400 they no. they push you out at 60 you mm-hmm. can't stay past there some some you know 61 whatever um Isn't that and discrimination? Then, no Wait, that's interesting. So you're saying the four hundred thousand pension is something that once you oh you just just oh you're just saying that's just what builds while you're there, and then when you leave, it's that's 60. not even your four hundred one k. Yeah, that's just your pension. It's yeah, just yeah. your pension. So that's like a guaranteed. That's popping because not that many people really have pensions like that, and for the they don't get pensions group, anymore. Yeah, you know, cops. Um, I think uh, New teachers. York Life does. Yeah, teachers. Teachers hate me. Um, yo, <laughs> teachers was coming at you on oh. over a couple of days. So now. We can bring you into this because yeah. this was kind of a hot topic. No, me and John argue about everything. Oh, for real? <laughs> no, no, literally like everything. We argue. Oh, so this is good. This is good. So we were talking about two things we were talking about that we got a lot of feedback on. Yes. A lot of angry feedback. I'm going to start with the teacher thing. I'll get to the other thing next. Yeah. But so he feels like, yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you talk, I said, talk about tenure. I feel like there shouldn't be tenure because it, it implements complacency in the education system. So like you have the good teachers don't get rewarded essentially you know in essence and then the bad teachers get protected so like they're able to linger in the system to where like kids aren't getting quality education teacher right now (laughs) and and then at the same time you like you're paying all these you're paying your tax dollars to live in this district and then you're not getting an adequate education or your child's not getting an adequate education like so i think like they need to remove tenure just like the rest of us don't have tenure we're not protected and we excel the the better we do the more like 
perks we get as far as raises or promotions. I don't necessarily agree that it promotes complacency. I think that's a side effect of it, mm-hmm. but I think it definitely helps a lot of people uh, more than it hurts a lot of people. You know, there's there's good teachers and there's bad teachers. Yeah, the bad teachers are the ones you hear about. If you don't, you know, everyone else is is probably a good teacher. So I I, I don't necessarily agree, but I do see that there is there is a flaw in that system. Uh, what you're pointing out, but. I don't but, know about removing but how invincible are you when you're tenured? That's I think that's what that that's kind of where probably the gray area is because are you just like all right we won't are you just it should be more like all right we're just not going to throw you away for another teacher yeah. we're going to keep you and invest in you rather than you being bulletproof. But think about it: if you don't perform at EMY, what are they going to do? I mean, it, it's not just straight up they're going to fire you, but but they're going to put you on a pip and yeah. they're like, hey, you're going to have to get this shit up here. Yeah, that doesn't. E- essentially doesn't exist yes, in the school system. That's not true because before you get tenure, you're on the same thing. Like, Yes. So that was three years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, your, your, I guess your question, if I, if I started off yes, and I yes. fucked up and yeah, I probably... Not even start off and fucked up, but like even if you are... A, like now, yeah. it wouldn't be that easy to fire me. Um, I just... Given your structure. Yeah, like... I mean, I, I personally do a lot, so yeah, so that's what it, I'm w- it would be it would be tough to to do so. I'm not saying that I'm untouchable by any means, but um, I, I would say it'd be pretty difficult to to just straight up if I mess up, you know, one thing or if I mess up for a couple weeks or whatever, it'd be hard to get. Rid I'm just of talking it. about like teachers who are just like don't perform, like you don't see like I I think that because there is like no in a sense in essence like no competition in the school like. If you if your students do well, if you have a track record of every student that comes to your class, regardless of where they were, they're improving. There's no metric for you to get a promotion to be like, yo, John, listen, you your kids are excelling. We're going to give you a twenty five thousand dollar bump this year. Like that. I think this structure is in place to where you can't really move that way. Yeah, but that's a that's a different structure. I mean, the. The, the school districts don't have money that they're sitting on that they could just be like, oh, this teacher is performing well. I'm going to give him more money. Like, that's all. Like, it comes into your school budget. And it comes into your school budget once yeah, but, you pay and yeah, once but they tell you, like, oh, we need that, to. That's a tough situation because I'm not saying I don't agree with you. I do think teachers should get paid more, but there is not just like an infinite amount of cash that they could just say, you know, because if they give a, a teacher 25K or whatever it is, that mm-hmm. they got to take that out of something else. So that's your sports programs, that's your after school programs, that's, you know, books and pencils mm-hmm. and whatever it may have you. So. But you as a taxpayer, wouldn't you pay more for a better for better education? Like if you could see the results. Like and this is and this ties into a bigger system of what we were saying, and it helps now that you're here for like audit. Like you don't you you they have a school budget every year and you don't get a report of where the fuck your money goes. Yeah. And no, the same with every governmental that's a problem. agency. Like there's it's like a blank check. It's like, hey, we we need eight grand from every resident that lives here. Cool. And then they take the eight grand and nothing gets broken down to you. Like, oh, yeah, we spent this on this, 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 and this. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you're able to hide the money. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, these these school boards and, and stuff, I mean, some of them have to get audited based off of uh, the amount of money that they get from the government. But, mm. um, yeah, they should they should definitely disclose where the money is going to and, you know, salary costs versus, you know, for the for – the, for the teachers versus the administrative staff, like, you know, principals probably make a lot of money. They do. Um, and superintendents make a shit ton of money. Right. And, you know, I, I'd argue that there are a lot more teachers that are, you know, more integral to children's success than, than superintendents, but, Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the money that they're making isn't, isn't equal. But like, so like, I think, a lot of people that are against charter schools, like, if you have more wiggle room, like, you can, I can hire you. Like, if you are the best fucking teacher out there, I think, yo, listen, let's give him a hundred grand. Like, I think when you remove these, like, other barriers, you have, like, <laughs> you know, bad fun. We, you, when you remove these other barriers, you have people, like, you have the ability to make shit happen. And, like, if, if you think about Lyft or Google, they want the best fucking engineers. Every they don't want anybody complacent. They want the best and the smartest. But yeah. they operate in that way to, all right, we're gonna pay the best and we expect the best results. For and sure. like you would want that for your child. You don't want it's true. But there's a lot of schools and a lot of teachers and 
and a lot of people who might slip through the cracks who might not be as qualified, but and then they get protected by tenure. So I see what you're saying in that sense. Like, yeah, I'm not saying be, they're really good teachers. Yeah, but then there are really fucking bad ones like that should not be teaching and should not be protected by tenure. And it's just like I, I looked up the number. They said it's over three hundred thousand to try to remove someone who has tenure. It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, why does it cost so much? And then there's legal purposes. Like you have to get legal involved. There's all these administrative meetings, all this shit. I'm gonna call a teacher. I want to hear. I want you to voice your opinion to a teacher. I'm gonna see what she's gonna say. I don't know how this is gonna come out. I don't know how this audio is gonna come out on the pod, but we're gonna see what happens. Just hold, hold it close. Just hold it close to the mic. Yo, good afternoon on this Sunday afternoon, Michelle. You if you welcome. know, you know. Yeah, you're on the If You Know You Know podcast first and foremost, so don't say anything too crazy. <laughs> but um, right now we're here with uh, John, we're here with Rashad, we're here with me. And um, Rashad, I want to talk to you about something. I told him that you had some feelings. As a, as a teacher in a school district, he came and he struck a nerve. <laughs> he pinched a nerve in your side. So I wanted him to holler at you. I wanted him to holler at you. I wanted to hear your opinion on what you feel about teachers getting complacent because of tenure and, and, all, and, all, and all of this. Yeah, speak to me, Michelle. What, what, what nerve did I struck? I'm sorry, what was that? No, I said, like, what, what nerve did I hit with you? No, but it's not. It's not about like what you do. It's more so like giving, providing you ability to grow faster and for it to be competitive. Like if you go above and beyond, you should be compensated for doing so. And then is highly competitive, especially on Long Island. Like it's there's thousands of people applying for the same position that you might have, even though you know you always have to have the same qualifications. So. For you to say that about tenure, tenure is a security thing for teachers, and you do not become complacent, or you should not become complacent, because technically, you have to prove yourself for four years. So in the four years that you're on your tenure track, you have to go above and beyond to show administration how heavily involved you are, how you care. There's constantly things involving and changing that you have to do, and they're going in there and holding you accountable for that. So I don't see where you say that people are becoming complacent when it's quite the opposite. You're literally going above and beyond to make sure they realize how involved you are, how much you care about your students, and, uh, you know, obviously making sure that you're a professional and you know what you're doing. Mm. Well, well, Michelle, I'm John, by the way. We we don't know each other and we've never met, but uh, just going off of what you were saying, I think it's... uh, You single, John? I I am not. Um, (laughs) I think uh, what Rashad is saying was that uh, after they get the tenure that it eliminates the comp- uh, the competition because now you're not fighting for your job anymore. And uh, so all the people that are, are applying and with the same qualifications aren't going to be able to really get it because you have that tenure. So you become, you have a layer of protection. That's not necessarily the case though, because there's many people, you know, obviously tenure is like an extra security just for you, you to have there. Obviously, you, you know, that they're, you know, they hold you accountable. You're part of the district. You're not someone who's like on the chopping block. But just because you have tenure doesn't mean you have free reign to, to do whatever you want. Michelle, we we went to the same school, right? Yes. How many fucking teachers should not have been teaching? It depends on what you define as a good teacher. No, no, no. It doesn't depend on what I define <laughs> as a good teacher. How many fucking teachers should not be teaching? And that's why you fucking laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's there's mad teachers that should not be fucking teaching because they are protected by tenure. Listen, there's a bunch of people that should not be doing anything in their, in their field, and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So we can't sit sit here and say this about one segment of the population when, in fact, it's everywhere. You go into a bank, there's bankers who should not be banking. They hate what they're doing. There's but, lawyers who should not be your lawyer because they're shitty lawyers. That may or may not be true, but I'm not sure how relevant that is to this argument. Is, because is that not true? No, I, I, I don't disagree with it. I think there's there's people in every job that shouldn't be doing what they're doing, but that doesn't affect ha- our conversation about teachers specifically. Like when you're in a like a metrics based system, you can't hide like your perform. You can't hide your performance, and you're not protected. 
So like if I'd say for the next three months I just don't do any work at work, they're gonna fucking fire me. Isn't it but would, would you would well, you just to play devil's yeah, advocate? When you're, school, though, when you're at school, obviously they look at the and you're and you're teaching for instance high school, right? And you're teaching a regents class, they go and they're looking at how many kids are passing your test, how many kids are failing, how many suspensions, how many like all these things are being held uh, into account when, when they're looking at it. So it's not like they aren't holding you accountable for anything. You can't just go in there and not do anything. Yeah, but when you had tenure, can you chill a little bit? Like, think about it. those first four years. You got to go mad hard because you need to prove. Like, look, you're in that process. You got to go mad hard to prove that you belong. That fifth year or sixth year or however many years, you can chill. You don't have to go as hard. So you become. And I'm not saying everyone becomes complacent, but complacency can set in. And through my experience and your experience, because you've had some of the same teachers, you've sent, you've seen the complacency in teachers. I get that. I understand that some people fear that once people gain tenure, that they're going to, you know, be neutral. They're going to start producing, you know, effective lessons. But that's not necessarily the case for that. Honestly, sometimes it's just the termination of teachers that this is protecting you from. Because, like you were saying before, um, teaching is highly competitive. So if you have tenure under under you, at least you have a little sense of security. Like, okay, they're not going to just fire me, you know, off it for no reason. Like I can invest in you because you invested in me. Right, but and, also, and that's what I'm trying to say. And, it, and I understand what you're saying, Rashad, in the sense that, like, but that's not the case for everyone. We, we've obviously we've all experienced a bad teacher in our life. Every single one of us has come across that. But for the most part, especially now where I work, I tell you that I see people like every day going above and beyond. So there's so much that goes into it for people to be like, "Oh, you guys get so easy because it's tenure." I'm like, "No, I'm like your kid's babysitter, therapist, bank account. They come up to you, ask you for money for snacks, like." no for sure and i'm not saying i'm not i'm not i'm not saying the whole sis i'm not saying like all teachers are bad i know there are a lot of teachers who do go above and beyond i would say most teachers are good yeah most teachers are good but let me ask you something is your is your salary tied to years or is it tied to performance it's tied well it depends. So there's different levels. So obviously, if you just have a bachelor's, you're there. You're started at one rate. If you have a master's, now you're started another. And then it does go based on years that you've provided to the district, and then it also goes if you're um, continuing to get credits. So continuing education, you'll get more as well. So like the more you're investing in yourself, so the more classes you take, because there's this thing like master's plus. And you after you have your master's degree and you continue getting credits, you can get paid more for that. So technically, that's a win because you're continuing to professionally develop yourself, and obviously, that's a benefit to students. Yes, but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather it performance based? So being that like it's not no, tied to years, no, it's tied no, to no, your no, performance. No, because no, because no, if you, you, know you, you know how hard you go for a lesson, and then kids are like, eh. like I can't <laughs> control if a kid's gonna want to like do it or not. That's that that would be completely fucked up, and no one would be a teacher if that's the case. Yeah, and that's why that's why probably measuring the performance in a performance based job versus a job like teaching may be a little different when it comes to comparing because your performance is based upon what you do. But in a teaching job, your performance is not just based upon what you do. It's also based upon the students in front of you who could not give a shit, who could be right. interested, who could come from family backgrounds, who It'd don't be really value education. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables that kind of impact what you're dealing with. Like if you're in a school district, like Oh, I'm gonna say some racist shit. If you're in a school district <laughs> that, that where the kids value education significantly, imagine teaching in a school district like that. You probably get all your points across, your, mm-hmm. all your lesson points across. But if you're teaching in a school district where that's not valued, then there's a lot of different obstacles you have put in place. And honestly, that's a whole another conversation that we could go into for hours for that. But well, well we'd love to have you on the pod to go into it. Yeah, but also listen, I'm uh, all for it. Also, obviously, like we all have like our areas of expertise and like. Before I started teaching, you think of it one way. You're like, oh, it's like this. And until you're doing it, you're like, wow, it's so not like that. Because there's so much that goes out of my, like, I don't clock out. Like, I never stop being a teacher. I am you clock out in school. June. <laughs> and, and even then, like, <laughs> and winter break. And, and, and for President's Week. <laughs> and for the holidays. Look. And I'm, all the, oh, yeah. I'm I'm all I would teach, love listen, for you to come do my job and then tell me how it is. Listen, you're not I'm, doing all, for, I'm listen, all for teachers being paid. Effective, if you're an effective teacher, you are lesson planning. You are developing things. You're not just sitting yeah, there. Yeah. You can't just sit there I'm and do nothing. Yeah, you got homework. You got homework I'm, on deck. I'm all like, I go home and you, have, and you have to work on things. Not only that, like even right now, like I'm getting a bunch of emails right now from kids as I speak to you talking about things that I have to do for tomorrow. Like, Well, I, I agree with you 100%. They should not be talking to me. 
and yet here they are emailing me. Here they are sending me, you know, yeah. trying to talk to me at all times. So it's like I can't shut off. I, I, I like at least when your other job because I've I worked in the corporate world. When I worked in the corporate world, I would go to work, do whatever the fuck I had to do, and you could turn off. Yeah, that's true. That you could turn it. off when your when your job is performance based. Like, at all times, if I you can shut off. Street, yeah, not only that, I'm held to such a different standard too. Like. I can't do the same things that you guys do because I would like probably lose my job. You can't even twerk on Instagram no more in peace. No, it's facts. Should have changed the whole Instagram name and shit. Little little niggas is different today. They want to find you. Like, nah, we gonna we gonna search. Then they probably make fake pages and trying to find your page and shit. Yes, and that's not even you know this. That's not even like an exaggeration. Kids really not, do that. Listen, don't worry, Michelle. Like we gonna get into it. The only profession in the world where you have to do that. Like, think about it. A lawyer can still go out and party. A lawyer can still do this. A doctor can do the same thing. But teaching, you're expected to be like a nun, a savior, like a bank account. You have to do all these things for kids as well as I teach them and taking consideration their social economic standing and taking into consideration all the shit that they be going with at home and sports and all these other things that are mm, going on in the team. Dropping like, gems. Know? So there's a life there's impact that doesn't even have a measure that nobody's considering unless they're in the field. Oh, 100%. Because mm, Rashad be out here buying bottles. He be in the club. <laughs> and nobody's watching him. He don't care who looking. Yeah, this mad teacher. Another day, I went, to, I went to senior dinner, right? And there was some song playing, like some Cardi B song. And I kind of lightly, like... <laughs> Got started. <laughs> it took over. It took over. <laughs> they were like, you know, obviously like, Ooh, what are you doing? You know? so, like, They're probably looking at her like, yeah, look, 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 look. Like, we know the real you. Look, look, look. So I'm saying you got to be so careful with that. Nah, don't worry. We we gonna talk about. It. We gonna sit down, Michelle. Word. I hope, yo, I hope you went to church and you got some prayers for us. Man, I'm out here trying to serve God. Trying yeah, to get right with this. Serve the Lord on Sundays. <laughs> yo, Michelle, thank you for letting me call you. Um, you know what I mean? We're gonna have a sit down. We're gonna talk, and maybe we'll have you on the pod, and we'll discuss a lot more than what we just dis- discussed now. I would love that. I would love to debate Rashad oh, any day. Listen, get ready. <laughs> all right we'll see you later all right michelle take care right, enjoy your bye. sunday thank you bye no teachers still no that was valid though no she, she did that really valid, valid one point that she made that that's definitely i i agree with is that when, when you're in a performance-based job mm-hmm. you can shut you off. can choose when you want to shut off and um when you're when you're on a job that's i don't know like it, whatever the opposite of that is, like yeah. you know, teaching and uh, other things, and and my job is not really performance based. It's just you know, doing doing the, the job at all times. So uh, I'm always checking my emails, even when I take vacation. I'm checking my emails, seeing what I'm gonna walk back into, seeing if you know someone needs something, if my staff needs uh, you know question that I'm the only one that could answer, or the client is looking for something, partners wondering what's going on with X, Y, and Z. You know, there's always something going on, and it's never. It's never a good time to take vacation. It's always just work. So, no, she did have points. She did have points. They also get half the year off too. So <laughs> I'm gonna need them to, you know, take into some considerations. But I'm pretty sure that's that's reflected in their salary. Like teachers that do work summers and and do, yeah, yeah, they get they, paid more. So they get that. Um, so they that is reflected. Yeah. No. That shit. They better they can't be making a hundred grand and you fucking work half the year. They do a lot in that. No, they do do a lot. In that shout out to year. the teachers who do a lot. And shout out to the teachers that don't do a lot. Y'all can get the fuck up out the paint. Yo, you know what's funny though? The teachers that really did do a lot, like when you look back, you remember the motherfuckers. Yeah. Like I remember teachers when I was in like a specific teacher when I was in fourth grade, a specific teacher when I was in high school, where you seen some shit like, oh, they're actually taking an effort, like they care, and that shit sticks with you. Like you remember them. You remember their last name. Word. <laughs> you might not know their first name. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Word, man. How do you feel about tipping? Oh, another one. That's another one I can make people angry. Yeah. Like like servers? Yeah. Like, so we went to Spain. Yeah. Remember when we had, like, the culture shock of not knowing that, like, they don't tip? Yeah. And so I was talking about it, and I struck some nerves again. It's good. I'm glad I'm, like, you know, hitting people. Where it hurts. <laughs> but basically, I was just saying, like, in the United States, they frame the narrative that it should be pushed onto the consumer. Like, oh, you're a bad customer if you don't tip where that that uh complaint and concern should be pushed towards the employer because they're the people who are paying these people 
and they have the ability to pay these people and just reflect the difference in the price. And a lot of people don't like, oh, you shouldn't go out. You shouldn't go out if you can't tip. And I'm like, well, what if about the person who only has $20 but wants this meal from here and pays the $10? Yo, my homegirl was flaming you. No, she was. Uh, honestly, she I'm, was I'm actually disappointed because we normally argue about everything. And you gave me two topics here where I kind of slightly agree with you. <laughs> oh, shit. This is terrible. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> you about to get flamed, too. Put your Instagram name at the end um, of this shit. She just, uh, well, no, I, I I guess maybe maybe the the way you framed your point uh struck some people but yeah i know it absolutely should be reflected on the on the employer mm-hmm. um that's not to the way it is now it, it is that we you, you know the consumers tip, tip should tip and, yes. and if you have a great server you should definitely tip them extra if they go above and beyond then you should go above and beyond a hundred percent that but in a perfect world yeah it would be done the opposite way where the employer would be the one paying the server based on performance and based on customer satisfaction and, and a lot of other factors mm. uh but that's not to say that i i won't be going out here and tipping i will be uh yeah. i will be tipping all I, of my servers I, I tip too but i'm just saying like people need to start like i feel like a lot of people don't know where to channel their anger and not ang- but like they're so brain fed and brainwashed that they don't know where it's coming from and like you're putting it on the cons- on the customer when in actuality it's the employer like it's the person who's saying yeah you're making we're going to pay you $4 an hour and then you'll make the rest over too so the rebuttal to that is it's not the employer's fault it's the government because the government allows the employers to pay a minimum wage to restaurant employees of whatever the lowest they can go is which is like $5 yes. or some shit like that yeah. but i still think that doesn't mean that the employer has to abide by that rule like yeah if you're saying, yeah, I can pay my employees $5, but I still am going to pay them the $12, that's an option you have, or the $15, whatever it is. But they're choosing to still pay you the minimum. So at the end of the day, it is on the employer, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I don't have to abide by these rules. Other countries and certain specific restaurants, like that one, that, that barbecue spot you told me about. Yeah, Blue Flame. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't abide by that, that, that vibe because they probably don't, they probably feel the same way you feel. Yeah, I'm like, they're just, they're leading the change of saying, like, hey, we pay our work as well enough. So we don't have a concept of tipping in here. Our food is going to cost a little bit more, but they're getting paid. So you don't got to worry about it. If you tip, cool. But it's not it's not forced upon. And I, it was so funny because I, I was asking my coworkers and like, because they're well-traveled, they go to conferences everywhere. And they said like in some countries that they've been to, tipping is sort of like a, a negative gesture because you're trying to say like, Oh, you don't think I make enough money? You think that I'm poor? You think that I'm charity? Like, to where? Right. So I'm like, well, shit. I never, I never thought of it that way. You know what's funny too? Like, when you really were like, when you think about how our country works, people was mad at you for what you said, but they actually were mad at you for the wrong reasons because the way the system is now, where people have, like, you know, I've, I know a couple waitresses, and they get ups- mad as hell when people don't tip, but they don't understand. Tipping is one of the ways where you can make untaxed money mm-hmm. and where you feel lucky enough and if you're privileged enough and you work in an area where there's affluent people, you can get some good ass money off of some untaxed tips. Yes. So you should just appreciate the gamble of the industry you chose to be in that you might not get tips or you might get a little bit from sometimes and sometimes you may get a win or a real nice jackpot. Because if it was regulated and if it was employer based and there was no tips, then your tips would be taxed. Um it would you never get more than you 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 would never get that day where you get a crazy big tip because the people are just gonna pay what's on the receipt and we know that the tip is included. That's the thing that sucks about gratuity included. When gratuity is included, I know that sounds like a bonus to the waitress or waiter, but sometimes it's not because it also gives the customer no chance to make a mistake on what they tip you. Well, you know what I'm saying? They can add on top of it, but most people don't. Some people, yeah. a lot of people don't. Yeah. So they're just gonna come up with some numbers. Oh, you know, or fuck, we'll give them 120, or we give them 200, or we give them 50, we give them 80, and right. that could be way over the amount that. Right. But when it's gratuity included, there's no room for that error. So even though they're mad at you for what you're saying, I feel like they're mad at the wrong reasons because the way the system is now, I, to me personally, it works in their favor. If you're working in a restaurant and a community, because I, I hate when people say like a certain group of people don't tip and a certain yeah, group of people that's, do, that's, that's not how it works. If you are working in a restaurant and your restaurant is in a community or an area with low income people or low quality people financially, then you can expect shit like what you get. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, don't say to me, oh, this group of people don't tip. No, they don't tip because you're working in a place where that. If you want to go get tips, go work at Hunt and Fish. Guarantee your tips will be fired. Go work at Ruth, Ruth Chris. Go work at any of those nice ass restaurants because that's the kind of clientele that goes there. Right. And at the same time, because you gotta, you, know you I mean? gotta perform well to get a good you tip. You still gotta yes. perform well. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is the level that it is expected, but. I tip anyway, just because I'm I'm in that I'm in that brain I that brain space anyway. you talk about. So even if the service is trash, I have a little pr- procedure that I do with my tips. Like I have a little formula. Yeah, I have but, a minimum that I will yeah. give no matter what. But I definitely appreciate good service, and I definitely yeah. You know, Yo, when I went to hunt hunt and fish, that was some exceptional ass service. I was like, this this food is wild expensive. This bill is expensive, but I'm still tipping this dude right because he like. It was just like it was. It was. It felt genuine when, when yeah. you get that service and it feels genuine. It doesn't even feel like it's thirsty. Yeah. I was like, oh no, nah, no, nah, he's getting this tip. Yeah. yeah like I gave oh, when I went. To- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, when I went to I went to uh, Del Frisco's right, and I, I went. I took my. Um, this is when I was with my ex, and I went for her birthday, and like. They knew it was a birthday from the reservation. So, like, as soon as we came in, like, they gave champagne. They had everybody who worked, who was working, sign a birthday card. Like, the chef came out. It was, like... That's fire. No, it was, like, insane. It was insane. If the chef come out, that's crazy. So, like, I I think I spent 300 and I was like, fuck, I'll give the 100 for a tip. Like, that was well warranted. Like, the whole restaurant... It was earned. Like, it was, like... It was earned. I felt like I was, like, the mayor. Like, so... In that instance, yes, but I I hate when people like net target it to one industry and then like all right, well do you do you tip your fucking garbage man during Christmas? Do you tip your um like and now like people are getting into tipping their like barbers and um hairdressers. Your Uber driver? Your Uber driver? Do you tip your Uber driver for the service? I tip my barber, but did y'all know that barber prices right, went up and they didn't tell nobody? Yeah, and that there was no there was no email <laughs> barber prices. No, they did. Go up. Like, they, it used Not, to be twenty dollars, but I realized like now it's thirty. Like and it's like, yeah, well, it used to be like so 15. one there's inflation. There yeah. was infl- Yeah, I didn't know they moved with that. It <laughs> <laughs> was like quarter like orders and dollar vans. You know what I mean? Like like Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like Arizona's like. <laughs> I didn't know they moved. There was no email, no notification. Yeah. We just usually get something in the mail. Like, Yo, just to let you know. Um, you know, due to inflation, we're gonna be raising. You know, like avocados. Sometimes they be putting out the, the wait, memo. Wait, wait, wait. You got you got mail about avocados. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that specifically, but you get some notification. Like, yo, you know. Our shit is getting a little expensive. We have to raise our prices. But barbers, you just came in there and it was like twenty five. Nah, I remember when I went to 30. Seattle, my shit was $30. It was a $30 fucking haircut. And I was like, yo, fuck. Like, this is bad. $30? And then niggas expect a tip? That's hella bread. That's a lot. You better be having a good night. My haircut's $30. That's why when you get a haircut, you have to go out. It's like, nah, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this night. So, I mean, last couple days. My my haircut is is a little more expensive, but um, one, I've known my barber for, geez, like 15 years, something like that. I've been going the same guy. Uh, and he opened up his own shop, and when he opened up his shop, he he raised the prices. But you could definitely see the difference in the atmosphere of the barbershop. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Clean. It's um. It was dirty. The old barbershop, yeah, it was. It was like <laughs> it was like bugs and shit. Like there was <laughs> hair everywhere. You could tell they they ain't do no deep cleaning in a long time. Like, so good for him then. Like so, he got his own spot, and and you know you you, you pay a premium, but. At the same time, there's all nice TVs. Like yeah. you know, he's got when the kids are in there. Like he, you know, he makes sure he, he shuts off the the HBO and puts on Disney. Yeah, like okay. you know, uh, he's got he's got everything. He's got everything uh, real nice in there. So so that's solid. See, I can I have no problem. Like that's you. If the prices are raising because the quality of things are are changing for sure. For sure. For sure, no problem. But people just target it towards certain things, and it's just like yo. If you get your driveway, and, like, look, when your t- when your dad, well, first of all, this is something for homeowner shit that you're gonna have to deal with. But when your dad that time had to repair the fucking sidewalk, like, and he's like, "Yo, this shit's gonna cost me four thousand, and I gotta pay the, for the permit. I gotta do this." You think he tipped motherfuckers after that? Hell no. No, like, hell no. <laughs> like that's yeah. listen, Nassau. Yeah, yeah, but that's like first of all. I didn't even know that was crazy. So the sidewalk was a, is a part of the property, your property. So you have to you have to maintain fit. it. Yeah, yeah. That's why he. That's why I asked, does he live in Nassau? Because I didn't even notice. I live in Suffolk now, but I'm used to living in Nassau. 
Did y'all know that Suffolk County does they don't have to have sidewalks? And if you think about it, mad blocks in Suffolk don't have sidewalks. Yeah. Yeah, my, my block don't have no sidewalk. Oh yeah, you don't even have a fucking sidewalk, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Like I, I live in Nassau and everybody has to have a sidewalk in Nassau. Yeah. So that's why I asked that. Damn. That's, that's yeah, that sucks, yeah, but it's crazy because so he he's responsible for the maintenance of the sidewalk, mm-hmm. but then also has to get permission to maintain the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, so like, he couldn't get out there and start paving the sidewalk himself. They're like, right. no, you got to pay for this permit. Right. And then you have to choose from this list of approved vendors. Like, that's some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. That's like convenience fees when you pay tickets. Yeah. What do you mean? It's not convenient for me to pay this ticket. <laughs> <laughs> they be robbing people with fees and with these made up fees, man. You know, I hate that. Don't even get me started. You know, I hate that shit. No, nah, I, I hate fucking that. hate fees. They be- Fuck, man. <laughs> nah, it's just so much fucking bullshit. And I think people need to just start waking up and starting to see, like, start challenging these things. Like, you're aware of it. Just stop doing it every day. Like, right, because if you know, you know. you know. But if you if you don't know. Now you know. No, but if you don't know, what? If you don't know, now you know. No, if you know, you know. What are you asking me? Right? <laughs> Come on, you already know. You're the one who came up with it. What? Then we'll teach you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that was my little. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I forgot that. If you don't know, we'll teach you. It's all good. We got it right here. We got all the answers. Young millionaires over here with no millions. <laughs> Yo, so what's a word of advice you give for people? I know you got to go soon, but moving out and moving to the, like, you you moved out. You moved to the city. Yeah. But you, oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Congratulations. Thank yeah. You, and you had years to save and do a whole bunch of shit. And like... What what is? I remember you said last night. Like, y'all really understood. Like, I didn't understand how much my mom and dad paid for until <laughs> yeah, like, I moved out. Yeah, that's yeah, how I felt sure. when I moved out too. Fucking toothpaste don't just pop up. Right. <laughs> like toilet paper, you yeah. gotta yeah make sure that shit's go always in there. Shit. Yeah, like it's always gotta be yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can't ever not have toilet yeah. paper. Like, yeah, that's yeah. great. Imagine you ran out, but you ran out right. That like, shit ain't never happened yet. No, that is that is my worst fear. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's different. It's definitely um, different. Yeah, I mean it. Your your life isn't the same uh, when you know you live in a home versus when you when you move out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, word of advice is just uh, you know be smart with your money. Um, you know you should have you know spreadsheets and apps that tell you what you're spending your money on and what you don't need to spend your money on. And and uh, so one of the things I did I didn't even have my Xbox when I first moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just left it at my parents' house because I didn't really play that much when I was when you I was know. home. Yeah. But now I realize I go out all the time, just especially when I'm bored. Mm-hmm. So you know, I call someone up, go grab a drink. You know, that that all costs money. So, yeah, like every time you go out, you spending bread. So now I just last month I, I brought my Xbox to my apartment. So it's like <laughs> yeah. yo, on that Tuesday night, I there's no football on. I don't need to go out. I could just hop on Call of Duty or 2K and and you know. Have a little fun and then go to sleep. You know, video games becomes the money saver. Yeah, like (laughs) I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I started, I bought hella video games. I bought 2K, Madden, and Call of Duty. I said I'm not going out no more because like I do three days in a row, hundred, 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 and the next thing you get mint yelling at you like, (laughs) yeah, what the fuck, yo, yo, chill out. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, you are over your budget already. Right, it's one day in. We went out yesterday for a couple hours. I already spent a hundred dollars. Like. We didn't even we do nothing, bro. Went we went to one bar. No, no, no. But they was pouring the fuck out of those drinks. Yeah, no, it was strong. Like I was hurt this morning. I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I tasted that first sip of Henny, and it could have been because I was high too. But <laughs> like I tasted all of the liquor and was like, fuck, this is bad. Yeah. So yeah. You know, you know what I'm really happy about though? Like you just made me think of this. Um, there used to be this culture of Oh, when you turn 18, kick it, you know, you get the fuck out of my house with parents and shit like that. Or when you get older, you know, you need to get out, you need to get out, you need to get out. And I don't even know if anybody's ever said it or denounced it, but that shit is kind of dying out. Like for the people who live in their parents' house, and if you like are judging yourself because you live in your parents' house or you hear people saying, like, oh, you know, I'm doing this, I got my own spot. Like, nah, yo, don't leave and then start go paying somebody else's rent. And, or living in somebody else's building and feeding their income and feeding their pockets while they don't even work because you live in a building that they are renting out to you with a bunch of other tenants. Fuck that. If your parents are cool, stay at home, take advantage of it, save up, like he said, get your bread right. But this whole culture of kick your kids out and let them go fend for themselves or, oh, nah, this is my 
house. You you two grown now. Leave. I'm glad that I feel like it's dying out. I don't really hear I that think, shit happening no more. Well, I, I think it's it's different. It's acceptable on Long Island just because of how expensive it is to live on Long Island by yourself to or to stay move to the city. In yeah, yeah, to stay yeah. at home. Yeah, like it's not really a, a big deal when you are from Long Island and you're talking to other people from Long Island or or, or just New York, like uh, the the like the greater New York City area. But once you once you leave New York. You know that that's still a thing. It's oh, like, a, yeah, it's like, oh, you didn't move out after college. You didn't, you know. Like- nah, that's it. I mean, if you if you have the power to do that, that's great. But if you're moving out and you don't even got it, but you're just moving out because it's pressure from your own family, your own parents, and like, nah, we all supposed to be a team. Let, let I mean, you can contribute. If you can't contribute significantly financially, you can still contribute around the house in, in different ways. ways to show you're grateful for where you are and then hustle and get your money right so you can make a move to where you, instead of just like getting your way out and you only make like $2,000 a month and now you're paying 1500 somewhere and you have 500 left in your pocket, you're never going to be able to grow like that. Yeah. And that whole culture, I think that culture got to go. That's that's very toxic for your, well, for, your for someone's growth. A lot of people, like when we moved back from college and shit, they would be like... <clears throat> I can't live. I want to. I can't live with anybody anymore. Like I want to live on my own. Like I can't live with anybody telling me what to do. And it was that mentality that's like forcing people to get out because they're like, I'm not, I'm grown. Yeah, they got used to a certain lifestyle, yeah. being on their own or being in college, and uh, they yeah, came back and listen. You be grown with that fucking rent going to be paid every on the first, ain't no later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pay that shit. That shit. That shit hurts. Stay at your parents' crib if you can. And just stack up to you. Stack up to you buy and buy your own shit if yeah. you can. Because if you think about it, if you pay somebody, let's say a thousand dollars a month, that's twelve thousand dollars at the end of the year. Say that for three years, you're gonna be set. And a thousand dollars a month rent in New York is not even possible if you want to live in a box. <laughs> and the box might be a little bit more than a thousand a month, so that's not even possible. Like the apartment that I was in in Westbury, that shit was fly. It was great. I loved it. It was kind of pricey, but if I would have spent. Another year there, I would have spent about $70,000 in rent there in three years. So, so I was there for two, but if it was spent another three, it would have been like 70 grand. But I didn't do that, though, because I was like, obviously, all right, you know what I mean? Like, it was good while it lasted, but this ain't some shit. You could just keep doing your waste of money. It's the same exact money you could just be spending on your own. If you think about it, three years, 70 grand, that's you spending money that could be going towards a mortgage. Granted, it wouldn't be that much because the interest and all that shit would take from it. Mm. But the point is, look how much dollars actually went to somebody else's pocket from one tenant in a building with many of them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, that dude has a great hustle. We should be focused on that dude's hustle and get a hustle like that for ourselves because he's, he's, he's doing, whoever that guy is, he's doing great. I mean, I've had this argument with, uh, with actually my dad. Um, <laughs> that may not be... Owning a home or owning a place isn't for everyone either. Facts. Because, Facts. Uh, you know, if you own a home, like you you buy a house, you live in it, and you die in it, all that money that you spend in paying your mortgage or whatever, your, your maintenance costs, you never got that equity nope. in that house, right? Like, it now someone else has it and you died and, and that's it, right? So, But if you're living in an apartment and the same thing happens, it, it, it's the same thing. If you're paying the same amount that you would have been paying someone, else, someone else's mortgage, then what value did the person who had a house really have over you? That's I'm- true. So everything is subjective. So like, I'll, I'll give you another example to kind of like compliment what you just said. So if I'm a person who's a little bit older and, and I rather have an apartment because even though I'm paying rent and I don't own it, I don't have to take care of the maintenance. I don't got to fix a boiler when a boiler breaks. Right. I don't got to change the lights. I don't even have to cut the lawn. My shit going to look nice. I get a pool in the back because it comes with the residence if I'm in one of those apartments. You got flexibility. So, you you got, can move if you want next you year. Got, exactly. So if that is what you want and that complements your life, then by all means, you know, everything's subjective. That makes sense for you. But it's just, I'm just like, there's a lot of people who do want to be, you know, homeowners or for the purpose of flipping a home eventually. And like you said, if you die in your home, then it's like, all right, you paid all that money and it didn't really go to anything. But it is still an asset at the end of the day that you can have transferred to somebody else if you want. Or those if you die, whoever you have it going to could then sell it and then maybe there's some equity there or they could hold on to it. I mean, hopefully there's something that's growing with it. Yeah. I mean, like, I hope I don't buy a crib and then die before I can sell it. I want to see some profit. But at the end of the day, but I think you're looking at it like it's not for you. It's and it's eventually for right. That that's like for that's legacy, helping other people. Of, yeah, legacy, I mean that's yeah. cool, but now they inherit an asset. No, I get that, but But you gotta live. Yeah, you gotta live for yourself. (laughs) Like, yeah, like I don't want to sound selfish, but at the same time, you do gotta live for yourself. You know, you're the one making all this money, the one working real hard, and and yeah, I absolutely want to leave stuff uh, for the people that come after me. But I also want to enjoy my time while I'm here. No, you're right. 
Well, listen, I know you had to go. So tell the people where they can find you on Instagram. Uh, right now on Instagram, my name is up to no bueno. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really love that name anymore. Working on, working on changing it. You know, I mean, it's better be than the other name. Uh, I don't know if that's true. The other, the other name, name was, was catchy. What was the other name? <laughs> My last Instagram name was in your mom's bedroom. Oh, you should just left that. <laughs> I should have, but then, then I got a corporate job, and I was oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next one. That's you know, two two good ones. The next one should be a good one. Shout out to Cam. I stole that one from him though. Up to no bueno. Yeah. Imagine he's on an interview and they're like, "Look, you look. You're really the great candidate. You're everything we've been looking for. It's just that um, we see that <laughs> your Instagram yeah. is in it's in your mom. In your that. mom is that is that really your page? Because it doesn't look like you're this type of person who. No, nah. you already know what to say. I was hacked. <laughs> I was hacked. What? It was collusion. Oh, yo, I was, yo, I was, what? Me? Me? Oh my! I'm fucking contacting Instagram right, right now. I'm Excuse sending me, a strongly worded email. I was going so hard. You gotta go mad. I'll take a break from this interview. Like, hello? Again? Yeah. What? Take this Excuse down. Excuse me, Mr. Instagram? <laughs> Take this down. Right in the middle of the Mr. Interview. Instagram. <laughs> Take this down now. I wasn't in anybody's bedroom. <laughs> Maybe pulling your shit up now, though, for real. Well, that's why I changed it right before I started interviewing after college. <laughs> he put everything yeah. on private. Anything I had on my Instagram or whatever, any platforms where I had weed near me or on me, I just deleted that you. shit a long time ago. It wasn't me. <laughs> it, wasn't me. it was never me. I deleted all that shit. It was, it was collusion. Be looking. I mean, I'd be doing it too. I, look, Quid I pro just, quo. <laughs> Yo, you Google people, you do fine shit. Yeah, I just, I just Googled somebody recently. I don't want to get into details because I want to violate. But I, just do, I just Googled somebody and I find out they're a fucking killer. They fucking killed somebody. What? Wait, what? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'll talk about it on the next episode, but... Um, now you need to tell the people who to look out for. Was there a reason why you googled them? <clears throat> no, he's not. He's not a killer, killer. Like he killed somebody by accident. But there was a reason why I googled them because I'm gonna be, you know, in connection with them. Okay. And I just googled them and I just so seen you, this so court case and they done murdered somebody by accident and you know they was gonna do some time but they got they got away with it and I was like oh shit. But it's still weird to fuck that shit up. Like oh shit, they got a body under his. Well, they'll be like Chris Hansen put the thing on the table. So I see that you. Killed someone. <laughs> Yo, that shit was crazy. But yeah, Google motherfuckers, man. You find some funny shit. Word. So like I say, if you know, you know. And if you don't. Now you do. <laughs> fuck well, up. I forgot it again. We'll teach you. We'll teach you. We'll teach you. We teach you. He we knows it more than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that slogan. I'll come out with a better one. That shit is <laughs> Word. But yo, yo, if you know, you know podcast. Tune into the next episode. This is episode ten. Yeah, and you got um, it right. we grinding out right now, man. We got the we got the views. Shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to the people who don't listen. Shout out to the people who say this podcast isn't for me. It's too financial. <laughs> um, you can always tune in when we're like on episode fifty, and you can go back to the past and, and listen to the to the good shit. You know what I mean, word, Tasha, that was to you. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you yeah, soon. I'll put her home, yeah, I'm, I'm, she's another teacher. She's oh, another man. one in the education field. Oh, I'm going to make her listen to this shit. She's going to get mad. All right, well, I'll let y'all.